Happy Friday, and welcome to another episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy in your home to design, architecture, yoga, meditation, and today even travel. I've created this podcast as a place to come for design inspiration and especially to learn about Vastu Shastra with a modern approach. I am your host, Katerina Burianova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. Grab your Glober map because today we are going on an adventure. In today's episode, my mom is back on the podcast for a second time to tell us about her trip across the Atlantic Ocean via a cruise ship. She shares the ports they visited from the beautiful island of Madeira to a surprise stop in Gibraltar and to what it was like to not see land for 12 days and having only, believe it or not, one minute of Wi-Fi signal a day. Talk about unplugging from the world. So, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hello and happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of From the Honeycomb. I have a very special guest here who is on for her second time, my mom, Katerina. So, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me again. Wonderful time, always. And you're my number one listener, I think, too. So, <laughs> thank you also for supporting the podcast. So today we're going to talk about a big trip you just took, and I can't wait for the listeners to hear, but before we dive into the journey you just went on, let's share something you are grateful for in this moment to kind of ground down and start our episode. I am definitely very grateful for technology today, because this, what we are doing right now, recording, and each of us is on the other side of the world, would not be possible Sometimes people complain about technology, but I am very grateful for it today. Absolutely. And actually, I think I'm grateful for is very similar to yours today is I'm also grateful for technology, but also for my podcast and the amount of listeners who have been able to listen. I just reached over 250 downloads this oh, week. Wow. Yeah, so that was exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited. I know it's a little <laughs> podcast, but it is. It's really exciting. It was my goal to hit by March, but I hit it by the first week of April. So I'm super excited about that. And just the amount of listeners around the world. I've recently had listeners from India, Azerbaijan, the Philippines, mm-hmm. so a lot of parts of the U.S., And so that has been really amazing on another level, too, is because I started studying this past week or the past two weeks, one of the ways I'm studying now is through audio. And Mm -hmm. the guy is reading through all our study materials, and he made a comment at the beginning of it's 14 hours of lectures. And he said, I understand with this process of listening to me for 14 hours, it's very intimate because I am in your head and in your ear because you're probably wearing headphones listening to this. So it also made me think about the podcast, how there's now people around the world who have my voice and my guest's voice inside their head. And it is such an intimate thing because you're listening you to are my in, voice. You yeah. are invited to their home. You are invited to exactly. their private life. Yeah, exactly. No. exactly. That's wonderful. And I think it's a wonderful learning tool because if your listeners are listening to your podcast, they are learning about your part of the world. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's very valuable. So, and firsthand, basically. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you just went on an amazing journey. And so, would you share with the listeners what you just did? 
Yes. So first of all, thank you for asking. I do think it's special because, especially because not so many people are crossing Atlantic on the ship these days or on the boat. So that's exactly what I did. As a Euro-American, I flew over Atlantic about 100 times, I calculated, in my last 30 years. But I never done this journey via you know, the ocean. And I always wanted to do it. I thought about it, how it was in the old times, what people had to go through. Obviously, today we are doing it much comfortable way. And I chose a cruise liner. It's a so-called repositioning cruise ship, repositioning cruise. Many cruise liners are repositioning their cruise cruises or ships from one side of the world to the other side of the world every year, several times. And the most popular are Transatlantic and Transpacific cruises. So I decided, and it was offered to me, that if I would like to take the Transatlantic. It started in Florida, Fort Lauderdale, and I could actually choose if I want to end in London or if I want to sail 10 more days to the Mediterranean, somewhere in Spain maybe or Italy they were ending. I wasn't brave enough to go all 30 days, so I opt for 17 days cruise. So I went from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, all the way to London. So that was the trip. That would be probably the first thing what I would like to say about it. And how many of those days were just out at sea? Uh, 12. 12 were just at the sea. We left Fort Lauderdale and on a Saturday. And then we were supposed to reach the first land in about 10, maybe eight, nine days or something. But because there was a bad weather on Azor Islands, which is in the like a little bit off coast of Africa, belongs to Portugal, but it's already on the European side of the ocean, sort of. So we were supposed to reach these islands about the nine day of the cruise, which we were really looking forward to it. But because of really bad weather, storm, and later earthquakes, our captain decided not to go there. He said our ship was very big to sustain all these winds and we would be safe, but it would be very rocky, <laughs> rocky <laughs> ride. So we skipped that and we start heading for Madeira, which was <laughs> amazing and so you know surprising stop. And we all know why, if your listeners yeah. are listening. So we know what happened in Madeira last year. So and it was wonderful, wonderful first stop there. Yeah, for the listeners who don't know, and we brought I've brought up Madeira so many times now on the podcast, but Jesse and I got married there last fall, and it was the most beautiful day of my life. It's the island itself too is just magical. So you're now the first guest from our wedding who's been back. So back to mm-hmm. the island of Madeira. So yeah. And then after Madeira, where did you continue to? After Madeira, we continue there was actually a surprise stop because we were supposed to go to Casablanca because Madeira is off coast of Africa. Although it belongs to Portugal, it's off coast of Africa. And so the next stop would be Africa, Morocco, Casablanca. And Casablanca is such a you know poetic name. And so I kind of always wanted to see that town. But Casablanca was still close to COVID. So they told mm-hmm. us we are not allowed to make a stop there, not even cruise by. So our captain called all the other ports, 
close by and Gibraltar, which is the first stop in Europe. That's where Europe starts or ends. So it's only 25 kilometers from actually Morocco. So Gibraltar, it's a country that belongs to Britain. They were so kind and they said they will take us in so we can stop there. So we were going very slow from Madeira to Gibraltar (laughs) because it was not that far and stopped there the next day and had a wonderful day in Gibraltar. Oh, that's a nice surprise that you got Mm -hmm. to to see a place you didn't think you would. No, I always heard about it. Like it's the tip of Europe. It's also basically neighboring now, neighboring country to Spain. So it's the Spanish peninsula, Iberian peninsula, but it actually belongs to Britain. Huge, huge history there, huge strategic point for any war or any trade and anything. And it's famous because Gibraltar is actually, it's a country, it's a city, all the same name, but it's actually only one rock, one big rock in the end of Mm -hmm. Europe. Mm -hmm. And that's where the life is happening. And a bunch of monkeys are living on this rock. So that's what Gibraltar, Gibraltar is famous for that. They live there. Where did you continue? From Gibraltar, we continued to Cadiz, Spain. And Cadiz is very, very historical, very old. They told us it was the oldest city in Europe. And it's also one of the places where Christoph Columbus left for, you know, now United States or America. Back then, he thought he was going to India. So that's one of those ports. Today, it's also... It's a big, very important port, huge. And it has an old part and has a new part. Uh, So it's very large, beautiful city. One part is very old and one part is very beautiful, modern with amazing bridge and industrial port. The next stop, if you want to know, we continue up to Lisbon, Portugal. And that was very interesting because you basically come from the Atlantic Ocean and have to go through the river. Now, I don't know if I pronounce it correctly because it's called the River Taurus. And again, we can check it. It's called differently in different languages. And basically, when you switch from the Atlantic Ocean to the river, it's getting narrower and narrower. So we had to have a special, it's called pilot. It's a local person that works as a guide to basically... He has to come from the Lisbon port, jump on our cruise ship, and he actually sails the ship to the Lisbon port because he's the only one who knows it the best. So our captain gives him, you know, the right to take the wheel and take us to the Lisbon port. So it's kind of cool because our ship almost Mm -hmm. had to stop so he can actually catch up with us on a small boat, very fast motorboat, and then he jump over. Physically, you know, there's no any mm-hmm. trick to it. He just has to jump over, be physically fit, the end of our ship, and then run to the bridge and take over the steering wheel and take us to the port. So it's pretty cool. They do it in Miami as well. I'm sure more ports has it. Anywhere where it's very narrow and tricky mm-hmm. for the captain who is not doing this every day, they will have a so-called pilot who will take over and, and will do it. Yeah, so that was fantastic. We had really bad weather the moment since we entered Europe, you know, from the Azore Islands, the European waters or the European side. And there were very strong winds blowing from Sahara. So it's all connected. The world is all connected. So the one weather 
So from the wind and sand from Sahara was blowing all the way to Portugal. And we had really strong and yellow, you know, kind of like yellow pinkish air the whole time. And mm -hmm. that was the air from Africa coming to Europe. So that was very interesting to know. It was wonderful because the captain was walking us through the whole, what's happening, why we have this weather, what's happening with the ship. And this was a very big ship. It, it was a new ship built in 2019, one of the largest in the world currently. It belongs to Cruise Liner Princess line. And this was a Sky Princess. And I believe they can fit about four and a half thousand people on it. Wow. How many people were on the ship when you were on there? I think we, I, my estimate, it's hard to say. We definitely didn't have full capacity, I think due to COVID, also due to the type of cruise. This cruise, there are positioning cruises, transatlantic cruises take a little bit different passengers because for one, you have to have the time to do it, right? You have to mm -hmm. have either 17 days or 28, almost 30 days. So you have to have the time and also you have to be actually able to live this kind of lifestyle because it's very different. So if you like to be busy and be outside of, you know, in the world running, this might be not the thing for you. Although I believe this kind of cruise ships are for everybody at certain point of life, maybe not every time, but sometimes. Why? Because for one, I think you can see how really huge the Atlantic is, or, you know, if you go through Pacific, how big the water is that you cannot see for days and days. We didn't see anything, not just that we, we saw only water, but I thought we will see some ships. We didn't see any. Wow. We saw, yeah, nothing, zero. We saw two ships, one ship a day for the first two days and that we didn't see any ships. So when we left Florida, Fort Lauderdale, we first you enter Bermuda's Triangle. Bermuda's Triangle is an area between Florida, Puerto Rico, and Bermudas. It's infamous for all these accidents and everything, but it was explained to us on the ship as well because we had everyday wonderful presentations by Cambridge professors, and, and that's the kind of cruise that people go on and they educate themselves and talk about it. So while we were in Bermuda Triangle for the first two days, we saw one ship a day. And we were really looking for it because that was our only activity <laughs> when you were outside. And, yeah. if, and we had beautiful weather. So we were looking for ships and we saw only one. Maybe there were more, but we saw only one and we were looking for it. And after the two days, we didn't see anything, which that was a big surprise to me because I thought we will see some ships both of these ships were cargo ships, no private ships, mm -hmm. no cruise liners. So we didn't see any fish, dolphin, or airplane. Zero. Wow. So, yeah, you, you weren't under the fight path, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I kind of felt, I didn't know how it will feel, but I kind of felt like we're in this good twilight zone mm -hmm. where you basically, it's just us, just the cruise, just our ship with all these nice people, because they were very, very nice, very educated, you know, usually people who are retired or who can work from home. And the retirees, not necessarily 
of senior age. Also, a lot of veterans, soldiers, 40 years old, 50 years old. So a good group, a mix of people who travel the world all the time or mm-hmm. most of their, that's their lifestyle. And because we were after COVID and the cruises were stopped for two years, all these people were eager to go. And and they just are used to this lifestyle. Some One guy told us there that that's how he lives. He finished one cruise and he gets on next one. So wow. nine months, seven months of the year, he is on the cruises and rest, he's at home. You ask me how many people were on this cruise. The new cruises are built very beautifully each room, almost every room has a balcony and it is affordable. So people are, and especially now, because we were still kind of, you know, taking the private and social distancing. So a lot of people were spending a lot of time in their rooms, in their suites, because it's large and you have the balcony. So you can Mm -hmm. sit there. So we were surprised actually, because I took the cruise with my husband, that we never saw, almost never saw the same people. Because we were told, oh, you will make friends. It's so many days on the sea. And, and we never, we saw maybe one guy who happened to be from the same town in Florida as we were. And we saw him maybe five times. He was always at the same place as, as us. Maybe every other day we met him. But anybody else was always new face. So it's very surprising to us that we never see. So my estimate is that we had maybe 2,000 people on the cruise. But maybe I saw 1,000. Mm-hmm. You know, because the rest was always somewhere else. And even the theater was a little bit smaller and there were so many. Then, for example, on other cruise ships I saw, so that there was definitely not full capacity or anything like that. Maybe for a couple hundred, maybe 300, 400 would fit in the theater. And there was a lot of different activities going on at the same time. So people were really scattered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was it like not seeing land for about almost nine, 12 days? Day, yeah. 12, 12 days? Yeah, because we skipped Azores, so then we, yeah. we took it to the 12 or 11 days. I think, it was, I think it was 12 days. I would have to look at my journal, but I think it was about 12 days because the first two days we still saw the ships, <laughs> and yeah. then we didn't see anything until we got to Madeira, and after that we start seeing more traffic towards Europe. It was very surreal because every morning we kind of made our own routine. We woke up at the same time on the last floor of the ship. There was a running track or walking track. So Mm -hmm. I would start my day with that, with breakfast, and then I would go for a walk. And as I was walking, that was the best view of the ocean. You walk there every day and every day is the same view. And the weather was awesome, but you know you are moving and you know you are now in the middle of the Atlantic when you wrap your head around it, like where you are, but you still have the same view, even the sun is always the same, right? Because it comes the mm-hmm. same, it goes same day and you don't see anything else. The water is the same, same color. It's kind of like you are in the same place, same time, but at the same time, you know, you are moving, mm-hmm. but you hope you are moving yeah. <laughs> and you are going somewhere. And during the day, the ship was going very slow. So we would not move. We would not rock. We would not, Mm. we could walk. Because in the middle of the Atlantic, there's, the ocean is very, very choppy. There's nothing to stop it. So if the captain would go faster, the ship would really rock. So Mm -hmm. even with all the new technology the ships have now and with the stabilizers, 
the ship is still rocking. So he would always speed up overnight. But during the day, we would go maybe 15, sometimes only 10 knots, which is very slow. You can calculate it how much it's in the miles. I did it on the ship, but I don't want to mislead um, you now on exact numbers. But it's very, very slow. Yeah, so, so basically you are moving, but it almost seems like you are in the same place all the time. Mm -hmm. So I thought about it every day. And I was like, wow, I feel so small because the ocean is so, so huge. And I also felt special because it was just us. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> else. We didn't share the space with anybody. Mm -hmm. So if you remember the movie with Kevin Costner, I think it was called The Water World. So that's how I felt. So I was really... Sometimes it like crossed my mind. I was like, I really hope when we cross the Atlantic, there's still the land on the other <laughs> side. Because it seemed like, and imagine this was only 12 days. So it really made me think about the first explorers and the people who did this two, 300 years ago, or even before, like the Vikings. These people were brave because mm -hmm. we had all the latest technology. We had all the system put in place. And... We had all the navigations, you know, radars, radios. Everybody knew where we are and we knew where we are going. We knew the weather. We could sail around the weather, but these guys didn't know anything. So they had only the stars and the sun and mm -hmm. experience and they were going for it. So imagine how adventurous and brave and also their ships, no stabilizers, <laughs> you <laughs> know, very small compared to wooden like you saw the columbus ships right like mm -hmm. how they look you saw it there. and i cannot imagine and when you are on the open atlantic in the middle of it that the water is it's a lot of water and a lot of big waves mm -hmm. well and you brought up a good point with the stars and how they traveled then how was the mm -hmm. night sky that actually was a little bit disappointing for me because i read mm -hmm. about it you know you will see in the middle of the atlantic will be beautiful a lot of stars I don't know, we had probably more cloudy. I got mm -hmm. only one good picture of really beautiful moon, but nothing special. Just you can see moon like this from anywhere in a good night. And the skies, I the stars were usually covered. So we saw a few, maybe mm -hmm. because it was springtime, maybe if we would go in summer or different time of the year. But we would have a lot of clouds over the night. During the day, it was clear. And beautiful but at night always the wind and cold came the mm -hmm. change of temperatures at day and night in the middle of the atlantic was big so we always had beautiful hot day and the night was always windy and cold hmm. so very different you would not want to be outside at night and even sometimes it was like wet and rainy and during the day again sunshine and beautiful hmm. yeah wow. that's I didn't think about how the temperature change would be. So, I didn't, yeah, yeah, it didn't occur to me. I thought it would be very cold, actually. I thought once we leave, you know, Bermuda Strangle and hit like the water, you know, farther in Atlantic where you are just right in the middle of the, that it will get cooler because it was mm -hmm. only March and mm -hmm. it was actually very warm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Except the night, night got cooler. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was. And so how was, like, what was the smell different? Did it, I mean, so we saw, talked about how it looked different. You just saw, or same, you had the same view every single day. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else, like, smell-wise or hearing-wise 
that was sounded different? No, the air was very fresh. We actually, you know, talk about it and then thought about it and took it all in. The sunsets were beautiful mm-hmm. and sunrises were beautiful. That stays. And so far away. They seem so far away, you know, because it goes behind the horizon. And you think, oh, the sun should be. Sometimes when you are, let's say, at home and you are watching the sunset, it seems, oh, it's right there. But on the ocean, it was just, it seems so far away. And so much space, you know, around you. But it smelled very fresh. It smelled very nice. But of course, the ship is moving. So you constantly have the air also from that, from the movement. But it didn't smell like a ocean or like a seaweed or like fish. Nothing. Just fresh, fresh air. Hmm. A lot of fresh air. Yeah. And the sun was very strong all the way to to Africa. That that surprised me. Yeah, because you're not even near the equator. You're still going up north and it's mm-hmm. March. We were heading like for Azores. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. so. And so what's the thing that surprised you the most that you weren't expecting? I think I was not expecting that it's actually so interesting, that it will be so interesting. The day on the cruise, I knew it will be great because I, you know, read about it, studied about it, but it was actually much better than I thought. So, for example, it's different, very different than the cruises you take over weekend and you want to go party to the Caribbean on Carnival or something like that, which are great too. But this one is targeted for the long run. So it starts every morning with a lot of interesting things. You can go to school, you can go for lesson, you can go to the spa, you can go to the spa lessons, you can learn about hair, makeup. You know, or you can take a Zumba class, you can take a yoga class, or you can go for these educational classes. So I actually was so busy that I only made like a 30% of the things I wanted to do because I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And that surprised me how I was a little bit worried that maybe we will get bored or something. And the other thing would happen, which what maybe surprised me the most <laughs> when I think about it. What happened to us, we were supposed to have an internet, okay? Mm, Yeah. And we even some people paid for it extra, like I paid extra, so I would have extra speed because I had with me, I brought a lot of work and I thought I will be working on all those projects in case I'm bored, as I just explained. And as soon as we got on the ship, they told us, sorry, we just learned that our company will not be working on the water because their service ends the moment we leave U.S. waters. <laughs> so oh. all the way, we will not have it until we reach the Euro waters. And we were like, what? Because some people were like, oh my gosh, what will I do? Uh, yeah. I will not be able to talk to my family. I will not be able to run my business. Mm-hmm. So the first morning, we all met in the internet cafe of the ship and we were like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was all that was going on there because especially people who had the business or who wanted to be in touch with their family for whatever reason, every day, they were not able to do it. We had about one minute of signal a day. And I'm not kidding. One minute for a person where you would just be having your phone on, catching, trying to catch some signal. And at that moment, all your messages would go out if they were very short. If you recorded something longer on WhatsApp or picture, no chance. So forget yeah. it. No emails were coming in or out. That was too much, too too big. 
but like mm-hmm. a short message or so, short SMS, that was possible, but nothing else. Yeah. So what my biggest surprise was the initial day, the first day when we were like all of us, oh my OMG, what we will do without that. The next week I learned you can actually learn live without internet very nicely mm-hmm. for a week. Uh, as long you don't need to pay any bills, you know, or you have everything set. So my advice would be anywhere you go, have everything in order before you leave in case you don't have a signal, you know, for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And it doesn't have to be just on cruise ship. It could be somewhere else too. So if something happens in the world and you don't have a signal, at least you have everything done so you don't have to be freaking out penalty for not having this bill paid in time or something. So have everything in order before you leave. And then you can easily last. For us, it was actually the 12 days we reached Europe. And then we had the signal, you know, every day when we reached the port and then a little bit stronger, but nothing great, nothing that I could work or anything. So my Mm -hmm. biggest surprise was that we actually made it without the internet very well. And you have so much time without being on your phone and email and a computer. The downsides about it was I love to read. You know, I, I love to study. So if I learn something, let's say during the cruise, and I want to Google it and read about it, I couldn't do that. I couldn't even do it at the ports, you know, because the signal was again, like Google was, it wouldn't take a Google. It was too much. Googling mm-hmm. would not do. Again, the messages, only the messaging, sometimes pictures, as you know, yeah, I think from you, I heard almost every day, I think there was maybe one day I didn't get a message. And I was yeah. like, well, she's in the middle of the Atlantic. It, it didn't send it. Yeah. yeah. but I, think I, that, would, I, think I would make sure. Yeah, I made sure I have one sentence for you every day and one sentence for my mom. So she would not be worried. And sometimes it wouldn't, the one time it would not go out at all. So I didn't get my minute that day. <laughs> <But> <laughs> somebody else got it. But no, it was, it was that, that precious. So everybody talked about it, you know, when we met. And every night we had the main performance at the theater. And all of our performers were amazing, but they never, almost never forgot to mention it because they also got one minute a day. And if the minute was while they were working and, you know, they wanted to call their family, not call, but like text their family or something and they couldn't. So the one guy was really funny. He was a wonderful pianist from England. And he said, today, when I get one, one minute of my internet, I quickly, you know, Google the song and I would like to perform it for you. So it became basically part of our like a common joke on the crew. So we had something together. And we could joke about it and it was part of, became part of the culture that week or that two weeks. But what surprised me the most that we actually made it pretty well that I took a deep breath that morning and said, okay, I will not have the contact. I will not have the internet. I let you know what's going on. I like my my hope was hoping fingers crossed that the message will go out (laughs) sometimes. And yeah, it was very, we had so many beautiful you know, these big balls on the ships that's made for Wi-Fi. So we had like seven of them and none of them, (laughs) all of them were for nothing because if the company, you know, on land is not Mm -hmm. doing their job. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know how it works, how it's connecting, but I think a lot of these things were a little bit uh, disconnected or disrupted during COVID because the cruise liners, you know, had to end some of these services and now they are restarting them and maybe they don't restart at the same speed or at the same with the same company. So they had some glitches, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that was my one of my biggest surprises, uh, how well we made it without that mm-hmm. and the, in the space. And how did you feel about being on a cruise ship, as you mentioned, after now? I mean, COVID's almost over, but how was it feeling like, okay, I'm going to be up? Because you heard the horror stories when COVID first happened and people were stuck yeah. on cruise ships. So did you have any worry when you were getting onto the cruise ship? I know you said you got tested, right? Right before. Mm -hmm. So the requirements uh, for Princess Cruises right now, or when we were leaving a month ago, were you had to be vaccinated. You had to have a booster. If people showed up without a booster, they would get them booster right there. Or they had to run to the closest Walgreens. They would not let them on the ship. We saw that happening. And you had to have negative test, no older than two days. And it was very strict. Actually, we had to wear masks and they were very, you know, strict about it. If we were outside, we didn't have to. But when we were inside, we had to. Well, cruises are always, ships are always very clean on these cruise lines. But now it was super clean. So I was not really worried about it. Until we hit the bad weather, the cold weather in Europe. Because when I get cold, my body and immune system gets a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. And so I start worrying that I might get a normal cold if I don't get it. And as soon as we actually reach Europe and made the first stop, we did get COVID on the board. So we mm-hmm. somebody got infected. Mm-hmm. We had nothing when we were all by ourselves in the world. Mm-hmm. nothing for all these 12 days and then first stop i don't know if it happened in madeira or then it happened in uh, gibraltar but after that we got somebody infected i don't know if it was one of the guests or and the bucks are rolling around so they the captain would tell us about it right away mm-hmm. and he would say this is what's going on the person was you know is in quarantine because we were all told right away when we got on the ship as soon as you feel a little bit sick let us know and we will tell Mm -hmm. you what to do it was a very open conversation you know no elephant in the room they just told us you know it's a COVID time we're after no big deal we're all vaccinated so we just talk about it openly he said it on the mic you know throughout the he said exactly what was happening he would say if we had new cases next day which we did and then I start a little bit worried over the end because I was cold we had a lot of wind, so and every time we had to cross from our room to the main buffet, buffet was also made differently, very, I would say, sterile, very different than it used to be on the cruise ships, everything covered, you cannot serve anything by yourself, they serve you everything, everybody had masks, and they would not let you in any restaurant without washing your hands first. So everywhere are sinks, everywhere is soap, everywhere are towels, paper towels, and they would not. So I started a little bit worried when I had to cross the, the cold weather, the wind, even when I had sweater or something, uh, to the buffet. And then, you know, sitting there sometimes in the a little bit cold morning or something. And I knew there are people infected around me. So I was a little bit worried about that. And in the end, I really, the last day I did that, I think of it. <laughs> so you did. But, yeah, sounds, yeah. Yeah. 
And so I tested myself. I was negative, but then two days later I was positive. But because I was vaccinated, I don't know if it's because I was vaccinated and boosted. It was pretty light. So it was uh, kind of better than my regular cold or flu when I get it. So so mm-hmm. that, that turned out for me. So it is, you know, on the cruise ship as anywhere else. Like anywhere you go and there will be people around you, you will be exposed, uh, exposed to it. So what they do nowadays, they just disembark, you know, the people. We were actually... You know, our last port was England and England week before that drop off the all the restrictions for COVID. So when we arrived to England, it made it much easier for us. We didn't have to go through any testing or anything and basically went straight to the airport and flew to our next destinations or back home. Uh, The people who were flying back to United States, they needed to have negative tests. I don't know what happened to them if they didn't have the negative test, if they stayed in hotel in England or if they stayed on ship. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would like to conclude with uh, the most, with the answer that most people ask me. And that's about, would you recommend this? transatlantic, you know, this kind of cruising, shipping. And I would say definitely yes. I don't think it's for everyone every time, but I definitely think it's for everyone sometimes in their life. And I think they should try it. We had a wonderful time. I think it definitely gives you different perspective of, you know, space, but also how people behave, you know, on these places, on these cruises, one thing I also would like to, I, I forgot to mention that when you ask about if we were afraid of anything or something surprised me, we actually had the great lectures every day. And this professor from uh, Cambridge, he would always address everything. So first day he would talk about Bermuda Strangle and told us, solve all the mysteries for us. They are actually solved. They know what happened there. Then we talk about Titanic. He would tell us everything about Titanic what happened there and what actually changed because of Titanic for the future cruisers. And so every disaster or every worry you would have on a place like this, we would discuss and he would give us all the, all the reasons. So it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Very educational, actually, if you want it to be fun, you are traveling with different people, amazing people, travelers like yourself, because who would think about it, right? So you have to think what kind of people would think about it. And that's the people you meet there. So everybody we spoke to was very interesting. And they were people from all over United States. And uh, some were from UK. That was the most, most passengers, but super interesting. Mostly they were retired business people, entertainers, educators, and veterans. So oh, definitely really- go for it. Yeah, if you ever have a chance. Also, the price is uh, is friendly. It's not that expensive unless you travel as a VIP. Or you have a special room or something. But because they need to fill the ship and they need to reposition it, it's not as expensive as you would think. It's actually, you could get it almost like the weekend when you go on three, four-day cruise ship, the same price. 
No, I'll get a link from you on in case listeners do want to check out this trip and do want to make the trip across the Atlantic. Definitely want to provide a link in the show notes with all the for information. Sure. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really glad I waited to hear all about the trip when we recorded so I can really <laughs> get like a fresh perspective because I know, as we mentioned, you did text me, you know, here and there during the, the journey, but I'm really glad we got to sit down and, and talk about it in more detail. Oh, it was amazing. my pleasure yeah. and my pleasure um, seeing you. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds Thank like you. an amazing trip. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was. Good. Thank you. Wow, what an incredible journey it was for my mom to cross the Atlantic on a ship. From learning to unplug from the world and to experiencing 12 days out on the open water, it really sounds like an unforgettable trip. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb. And if you like this episode, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. Follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. And thank you again. See you next Friday.